Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Well, greetings, Mosaic Church friends and family. Uh, this is week two of Mosaic going strictly online due to uh, the coronavirus and uh, it looks a little bit more like a home Bible study instead of a, a worship experience, uh, which is fine because we're going to study the Word today and uh, hopefully create some certainty in your lives in uncertain times. So we're going to do our Bible confession just because it's normal and I have my Red Bull ready today as well. So do this with me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we're going to talk about developing some certainty in these uncertain times. And if you'll turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1, that's where we'll begin. And we'll be talking first about developing a singleness of mind or a single mindset. In other words, not allowing our minds to just run rampant with all the cares and the concerns and all of the things we're reading in the news and so on and so forth. This will apply to life no matter what. But especially in these times, uh, there are things that we need to embrace that we know that we can rely on. Number one, we know we can rely on God, that He's never left us nor forsaken us, and, and that uh, He's always going to be present. He's going to be comforting us, giving us wisdom and direction if we will lean on Him. The Apostle Paul was, at least in, in my estimation, a man who was apparently in constant battle, conflict, and having to keep this single focus because there were so many people who hated him. He had first been on the side of the Pharisees and then he became a follower of Jesus. So both sides were a little skeptical about who Paul was committed to or what Paul was committed to. But he wrote these words to the church at Philippi. In verse 1, I eagerly eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. So Paul had established that no matter what happens, he's single-focused. He's Whether he lives or dies, he is going to pursue God's call on his life and God's will for his life. And crises and circumstances and conditions are not what determine that decision. That decision is determined uh, by us. Our commitment that no matter what, the good times, the bad times, the best of times and the worst of times, like Paul, we're committed to glorify God as long as we live. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, 
which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ will overflow on account of me. Paul was not arrogant. Paul was confident. Paul was certain that no matter what was happening in, in the moment, that Christ was with him and that Christ would direct him, Christ would use him, and his life would bear fruit. We are called, each and every one of us, to bear fruit. And sometimes the most difficult place in our lives to bear fruit, uh, the most difficult time is in difficult times. And so as we look ahead, I want us to stay single-minded that we are going to pursue God's will no matter what. We're going to remain happy in His presence, His fullness of joy. And we know that... Uh, that joy brings strength because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so if we can just stay focused, maybe, maybe that means cutting out watching so much of the news or reading so much of the news and, you know, the bad news or conflicting news reports, you know, and so many things contribute to our own personal consternation. And I want us to have clear thoughts, clear minds, and be single focused. Great minds focus on what is best for God's kingdom. That's number one. What can I do uh, to glorify God and represent his kingdom? Susan and I have been, like everyone else, pretty much self-quarantined except going to the grocery store and running those kinds of essential errands. And it's been interesting. Uh, today we were at a pharmacy and uh, we were waiting to get a prescription filled and, and I'm standing there listening to a man uh, talk to one of the employees and you could tell his mind was all over the place he was talking about uh, his prescription being wrong yesterday and he just wants the one for today and as he was talking his voice was escalating and you could sense the tension in the air so much of it probably is a result of the, you know being isolated quarantined and, and you know kept in a house or staying in a house and, and getting out of our routines if you will However, I want to challenge us during this time to try and stay calm and try to keep the focus on what the focus needs to be on. Keep the main thing the main thing. And uh, so it was just interesting and it reminded me, you know, keep your mind on God. Keep your thoughts on representing his kingdom well. People are watching more than ever. They're listening more than ever. And I believe it's one of the greatest times for people of faith to introduce people to our faith. People are looking for Christians to take a lead role, whether they realize it or not, and to be calm and realize in times like these, God has not moved. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so there are a few things I want us to focus on. Number one, simply love God every day. Just wake up and say, today, I love you, God, and I thank you, and I know I can trust you. Secondly, worship him. Uh, acknowledge his worth. Acknowledge his, his place, his presence in, in your life. And that will bring you back to the focal point that you want to remain on. And, and the third thing is to reach people. Uh, 
if we are focused on God and, and we're loving God and we're worshiping God, it makes it a whole lot easier to reach people almost without us saying anything because to them directly because they're watching us and uh, they're, they're sensing tension or they're sensing, sensing faith and confidence. Let's be people of faith and then uh, just do spiritual practices. Discipline yourself to, to do the things that you need to do to keep a single focus on God because there are a lot of things going on around us and when we allow those things to go on around us for so long they start going on within us and and that affects our heart it it hurts our heart it it affects our strength and our faith when we hear negativity i will promise you this one thing we will get through this and get on the other side of it and when we do we're going to be better people. We're going to be stronger people. We're going to be more confident people. We're going to be more faith-filled people because we got through something that nobody's ever seen in our lifetime like it. Number two, we must develop a submissive mind, not just a single focus or a single-mindedness because the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Think about a person who has a triple-minded, a quadruple-minded man, all of the and this exponentially grows worse and worse if we allow uh, our minds to just go crazy and uh, we just need to stay focused on god secondly we need to develop a submitted mind uh, philippians 2 says if you have any encouragement from being united with christ if any comfort from his love if any fellowship with his spirit if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So a submitted mind means that regardless of conditions and circumstances, my mind is submitted to living life God's way, which means I'm not gonna be selfish, I'm not gonna be ambitious, I'm going to consider everyone around me uh, when this whole thing first started, to be honest with you, I've always been an extreme optimist and uh, a, a man of extreme faith. I just believed that I could fall in a, a pile of cow manure and I could come out smelling like a rose just because I believe that much in God. Now, that irritates some people if you're that kind of person, and I get that. Some people don't want you to interfere with the fear that they're experiencing. And, and I'm not trying to do that. And I, I don't judge anyone for being fearful. I really don't. I feel for people who are fearful right now because fear is, is a horrible thing that controls uh, our ability to think right and move right often. And the Bible says perfect love casts out fear, not hate. Perfect love is what casts out fear. And that's the love of God and our love for one another. If you will truly love one another and comfort one another, if we will do that, uh, it will bring a peace and a release from the fear. Whenever it was suggested strongly that all of us stay inside, exercise uh, isolation and so social distancing, just to be honest with you, I, I didn't want to do it because I, I thought, well, you know, this is crazy. Um, 
yeah, people are going to get sick, and just like with the flu and, and numerous other diseases we encounter. And so I started rationalizing all the reasons that I needed to just live my life. And then I stopped and I realized that this is not just about each of us individually. This is about uh, our entire world, our nation, our communities, our states, and that there are people who are fearful and we need to pray for them and we need to honor and respect uh, our leadership and do what they said do. So it gets a little, what we used to call where I grew up cabin fever, where you just, you gotta get out, you gotta do something. And uh, there are things to do that we can maintain a social distance and, and still live life outside the house. But let me challenge us to think like Paul. Let's do nothing out of selfish ambition. One person said, a weak mind is like a microscope that magnifies trifling things but cannot receive great ones. What I'm talking about right now is strengthening our minds by being disciplined in how we think, uh, not allowing negativity, not allowing uh, circumstances and conditions and our feelings to control or infiltrate our faith. So again, let me read that. A weak mind is like a microscope that magnifies trifling things but cannot receive great ones. Um, in other words, the mind has a tendency, I believe, because of our fallen nature to magnify negativity, uh, things that seem impossible. But that which seems impossible to us is always very possible with God. God's ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So sometimes we're just continually reaching. And Paul said, did you not know we have the mind of Christ? And to me, what that means is, you know, if you come to a metaphorical Red Sea, things look overwhelming, the enemy's behind you, in this case, COVID-19, and you've got this, you know, I, I'm unemployed, I've lost my job in front of you. Uh, realize this, God is standing where you're standing and moving forward, and your Red Sea is going to part. Your Jordan is going to open up for you to walk across. But we have to focus on what lies ahead and realize uh, that single-mindedness that, that we will not be defeated. Every great person has first learned how to obey, whom to obey, and when to obey. So many of us in America especially live individual lives and it's a wonderful country, home of the free land, uh, you know, home of, home of the brave, land of the free. We're, we're free. And uh, so often we forget that that freedom has to be aware of other people around us. And uh, we have to be sensitive to what's going on. And so uh, Dwight L. Moody had dedication and enthusiasm. I don't know if you ever heard of the great Dwight L. Moody, but it says shortly after his conversion, he wanted to teach Sunday school, but was told he would have to form a class of his own. Praying for guidance, he went into the streets of Chicago where he won the hearts of boys and girls, giving them candy and showing them kindness. He also excited their imagination by promoting contests and soon organized many uh, organized many groups of youngsters throughout the city. Ethel Barrett says he was like a huge bearded Pied Piper and the children just followed him into Sunday schools and into the arms 
of God. When asked the secret of his success, Moody declared it was due to his submission to the Savior and the Holy Spirit's power. Again, we see the power of submission. Sometimes submission is perceived as being controlled by someone else. It's like in a wedding or marriage vow, do you commit to submit? Will you submit to? Uh, you know, and, and so as a result of that, we're seeing it maybe horizontally instead of vertically. Our submission is to God's will, God's purpose, and God's power. The world will not submit their life to God if the church is not submitted to God's will and to one another. In other words, if they can't see it, in us they can't see that that we desire more than anything to follow the will of god why would they ever want to come to church the world and i lived in that world where i was looking for real faith i've never looked for religion a religion was never my thing still not my thing i was looking for a faith in my creator that would keep me certain that in all uncertain times no matter what happened god would never leave me and that one day, not because I was perfect, but because I was submitted to making him the Lord of my life, that then and only then would I be able to go to heaven when all of this is said and done in this world. So how do I do that? First off, God's word. And that's the reason we read the Bible. When I say submitted mind, I have to forgive in order to be forgiven. I have to love my neighbors. I love myself. I have to go an extra mile. If someone asks me to go one, I need to go another. All of these things are a part of a mind that is submitted to God and that is single focused on him. Third thing is we must develop a spiritual mind, a spiritual mind. In Philippians 3, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish. Now, skipping on down in that chapter, Philippians 3, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now I have a thought. This may be a crazy thought, but it just came to me. What if you were laid off, your company says we can't afford you, and you said, you know what, how, much, how many hours a day could you use me? And sowing your time and your skill into that company and telling them, I believe in this company. I have nothing else to do. I have no other job. Can I come in and work for free? I know you think I'm crazy right now, but listen to me. This is all a part. That's a spiritual way to think. It's not practical. It's not secular. It's not what we do. Many people will get angry with the companies who terminated their employment, laid them off in this crisis. But let me say this to us. As a Christian, it, we, can, we can be certain in uncertain times that, that sowing and reaping never stops. Whatever we sow, we reap. If we invest in a company that first invested in us or we invest in others, we always reap what we sow. So that's a spiritual way of thinking. One person wrote, our confidence in worldly things has robbed us of our confidence in God. We want to possess things, but things usually possess us. We must learn to look at the things in this world from heaven's vantage point. The spiritual-minded person counts this world's goods as rubbish, as did Paul, 
and he or she develops the mind of Christ. Paul says, I press, I strain toward God's prize in Christ Jesus. He has his mind fully set on God. It's so absolutely important that we, we keep that spiritual mind and that we don't allow it to, to start uh, branching out and doing what our flesh wants it to do. And then lastly, we must have a secure mind. A secure mind is as critical as the single-mindedness, a submitted mind, and a spiritual mind. A secure person simply knows who they are in Jesus. And whenever there's criticism or judgment one way or the other, they're secure enough because they have thought well. And it is so important in these times especially to think before we react. A friend of mine uh, was a pilot. He had his own four-passenger airplane. And uh, he had been well-trained, very intelligent man. And he was flying along one day and got caught in the clouds and he didn't have his instrument flight rating. He was only a VFR, visual flight rated pilot. And, uh, and in the clouds, he couldn't tell whether what direction. He was upside down. It's, it's a really strange feeling. And, and he began to speak to himself, do what you know to do. Do what you know to do. In other words, all the things you start thinking about in panic he pushed those aside and, and he went back to focusing that single-mindedness and he was a Christian and that spiritual-mindedness and that submitted mind that was submitted to the laws of aerodynamics. He stayed focused on the things he needed to focus on to come out of this, this blinding situation and he did. But you have to make sure to keep your mind very secure. Don't let anything in that would distract you and keep you uh, from doing what you know to do. One man writes, he who will not command his thoughts will soon lose command of his actions. Had my friend lost command of his thoughts, his actions would have possibly followed something that would have caused him to crash. Uh, Please understand that I know how I've, I've had two phone calls yesterday. Uh, my brother called and his son-in-law was laid off five years, perfect employee at a, a great company. Another friend of mine called me. His daughter was laid off from a nearly six-figure job just in one day, gone. And uh, it's very easy to ask the question, why me? Why, why did I have to get laid off? I trusted God. And so often we begin to have that conversation. And the reality is that there is no weapon formed against you that's going to prosper. Now, in the moment, it may look like it's prospering. You just lost uh, a job. You just lost income. But the reality is a secure mind knows in uncertain times that God is as certain as he's ever been. And he is going to take care of us. And I'm facing the same thing. We have no physical location. Every week, we're not receiving offerings in the church. Every offering that we get has to come through the mail or online or, or through texting. And, and uh, so many of us are fighting the same fights. And here's the reality. We're not going to lose. We will not lose. We may look like we're losing right now, but we're not going to lose. We have to stay in the game. We have to keep a single focus. We're here. We're going to stay. We're going to play, if you will. 
and we're going to stay single-minded. We're submitted to the Word of God, and we're going to do what the Word of God says, not what the will of man is encouraging us to do. We're not going to get angry. We're going to stay focused. And then we're going to have a spiritual mind, which means the Bible is going to be our primary resource during this time and the rest of our lives, but certainly during uncertain times. Don't meditate on all the things that can go wrong or are wrong. It's one thing to battle fear. It's another thing to embrace it. The more we think on fearful things, the more fearful we will become. We must be secure. Philippians chapter 4, as you notice, we've gone Philippians 1, 2, 3, and 4. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Confidence in God is a discipline. It is a discipline. Paul said, I have learned to be content. It's something that we learn to do, and oftentimes the greatest learning experience is in the moments of difficulty. And then I close with this. It will only be learned by our willingness to experience God's presence in our daily lives. Learning takes two things, desire and effort. This world seeks to blind us to God's presence in every circumstance. We must choose to see him through faith. Remember, keep a singleness of mind. Be single-minded. Have a submitted mind. Have a spiritual mind, which is a mind that looks to the Word of God and the Spirit of God to get us through everything we're going through. And then lastly, have a secure mind. In other words, lock it down. Don't let any negativity come in and begin to create a paralysis of, the, of your thinking and of your soul. Right now, I want to take just a moment for those of you that have been battling fear, questioning what's going to happen next. I want to pray for you, and then I want to pray with you. So let's pray right now. Father, I thank you during these uncertain times that you would draw closer to all of us. God, that you would make your presence more known than ever before. And Lord, we just thank you that you will not leave us nor forsake us. And we are more than conquerors. We're overcomers. And Lord, I thank you for what's on the other side of this. It's going to be better than the side we left. We're moving closer to your promises or your promised land for us. Amen. Now, there are those of you watching right now and uh, you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, and maybe you're questioning, maybe this is, you know, this is that time where everybody talks about maybe, uh, I know how this thinking goes, because I remember thinking it before I got saved, is this the end, is it over? I mean, our minds go crazy, and I wanna encourage us uh, right now to silence that, and the way you silence the doubt about eternity is to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. So I want you to pray this prayer with me, very simple prayer right where you are. Say this, say, Father God, thank you for sending your only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. And I declare 
I am forgiven, I'm saved, I'm free. Fear will no longer have a hold on me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to do me a favor right now. I want to ask you to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. That way we will have record, you will have confessed it to someone else via text and, and we'll rejoice with you and we are available for you. Until next week, keep the faith. Don't grow weary in well-doing. We look forward to the day that we get together. It's going to be a major celebration. We're going to go ahead. We're, we had this big celebration planned for March the 29th. We're still going to have that celebration when we come back together. And until then, let the peace of God keep you and guide you. I love you. God bless you. Now it's time to receive our tithes and our offerings. Uh, these are different times. And... Uh, it's so easy, really, when we're sitting at home to just forget that, you know, life is going on for all of us. And, uh, you know, we are very, very fortunate. We have a great uh, friend who is responsible for our facility as far as the lease. And, uh, but as most of us know, even his restaurants are closed down and, and uh, all of us are affected by this. And here's what I want to say. I don't ever want anybody to feel pressured to give, especially during times where the pressure is already so great. Uh, but I also know that sometimes, uh, if you will, and I, I've never used these words before that I'm aware of, sacrificial giving uh, may be something that all of us experience at least a little bit of during this time. Uh, but I certainly don't want anyone to feel pressured or condemned to give. At the same time, I know that when I read the Bible, uh, the only person really referenced in the Bible as uh, a real giver was the lady who gave the least. She had the widow's might. And Jesus praised her and applauded her that she'd given more than everybody else. To me, that's sacrificial giving. Now, with that said, please, please, please understand that God is in charge and I'm exercising faith in that truth right now as so many of you are. But those of you that understand the principle of giving, of sowing and reaping, uh, and you can, you can give, uh, we certainly appreciate that. So I'm gonna just give you the ways that you can give. Number one, you can mail a check to Mosaic Church OKC, 5821 Northwest Expressway, War Acres, Oklahoma, 73132, or you can go to your computer or you can write there where you're at and you can give at mosaicokc.church and go to the give uh, button and just hit on that and you can give right there. Or the simplest and quickest way is text to give. And you can text the word give to, to uh, 405-546-2226. That's 405-546-2226. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.